0: NASA
1: 557, contact tower, 128.15. Caution. Caution. Manual.
2: Fuel. Manual.
1: Fuel. I'm John Golia. I'm Greg Fife. And I'm Todd Cruz.
2: And we are the Flight Safety Detectives. Between us, we have over a century of aviation accident investigation and safety experience to draw on as we discuss issues that affect all of us. So we are qualified to share our perspectives
0: on accidents and incidents and what can be learned from them for
2: the future. We're proud to say that we have two sponsors that really relate to the topic of aviation safety, the Professional Aviation Maintenance Association, or PAMA, and Avemco Insurance, Later on in the show, we'll tell you how you can get a 5% discount on your returns just for listening to the show.
1: We don't just dissect the official reports. In every episode, we identify safety issues and take the mystery out of accident investigations.
0: So maybe pilots in their planes can have safer flights ahead.
1: Well, hello, Todd, And hello to you, John. Well, it's you
0: and I today. Greg is traveling again.
1: Well, yeah. I'm I'm less than a day away from being in the same position as Greg, so I'm glad we got a chance to get together today.
0: Yeah, and I'm, I'm going Wednesday night myself.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: It's just been a busy, busy time. I was looking forward to Thanksgiving. I'm looking forward to it to maybe break my travel schedule because I've been, I've been traveling every single week for, since the end of March. Jeez. And I'm ready to take a break here.
1: I'm not going complain. I'm only going to travel mm, a couple of weeks between now and the end of the year. So, But we're not here to talk about our travel schedules and all the pains and trials and tribulations of being on the road. We're here to talk about our favorite subject, uh, aviation safety. And in this case, we're talking about um, an event that has uh, some interesting aspects to it. It was a crash of a banner towing aircraft. In Florida in 2019, in fact, this was a, an event that happened on March 1st, 2019, near Fort in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. There was a banner towing operation where the person was on his very first operational flight towing a banner. And he got into some issues, a low altitude, a losing speed, et cetera. And unfortunately, the pilot um, tried what he could to, to get out of the situation, crashed into a building, and unfortunately was killed in the event. No one else was uh, seriously injured in this. This is unusual for a couple of reasons. Uh, Banner towing flights and banner towing accidents are not that unusual. In fact, we did a show on one a few months ago where fortunately the person survived. And this one was one where there's other things to learn from it. And uh, John, we had a little look at uh, the accident and the aircraft that was involved. And you had some comments about uh, the use of an aircraft like this for banner towing.
0: Well, this is typically a, an airplane. It's used for, in agricultural purposes, mainly spraying fields for pests, bugs, whatever whatever attacks the crops to keep the yield up. So, it, it's a quite capable airplane, no question. It's pretty pretty powerful, and it's highly maneuverable. Uh, but it's unusual to see it used in this towing environment. Now. It, back in the uh, late 90s at the ntsb jim hall was hot on the tail of these manatolic operators because of their safety record and they would hire these young guys young pilots uh, who would be working for next to nothing just to build time and they would get little or very little training enough to satisfy their insurance requirements usually and be set loose so it's it is a concern and you know, the, there was a bunch of work being done, a flurry of activity. And then uh, the chairman's term was up and he left the NTSB. And the incoming chairman, with a change of administration, uh, chose not to pursue that effort. And it was unfortunate that, uh, you know, that's the way it is in Washington.
1: So, and for- fortunately, in this case, even though on a higher level policy um, perspective, This was not a high interest item at the NTSB then or now. But fortunately in this case, there was quite a bit of information that allowed us to get uh, under the hood a bit and understand a little bit more about the context of why this occurred. And we not only had the wreckage that was examined by the NTSB, there were a couple of witness videos which actually gave some insight into the NTSB investigation. They were able to get detailed information about what engine power settings were happening right toward the end of the flight. And given this uh, type of agricultural aircraft that was used in the the banner towing, it didn't have the kind of onboard systems that would record that sort of thing. So it was fortunate that there was something out there to help uh, the investigation. Also, we have extensive information about the training record for this operation, for this pilot, and also the pilot's experience. In short, like John was saying, this was uh, someone who was fairly low time who was doing commercial operations to build up hours. And this is one of the ways that it's done. Uh, You go find a commercial operation that does something that you can build up your hours toward whatever you want to do in the future. And uh, you go from there. The level of training that this person had was, uh, in my opinion, not that great. Uh, For example, there was an evaluation flight to demonstrate that this person had the basic flying skills in order to operate an aircraft. It was done in an aircraft That was a model that was not like the model he would be flying. He had several days before the event, 0.6 hours, that's like 36 minutes total flight time of a training flight with banner operations, picking up the banner, dropping it off and such. And the training was not realistic in the sense of he was not doing a full-on banner towing simulated operation. They were just doing things to show that he had the basics to pick up the banner and go. And the day of the event, First time uh, this person was flying for this operation, first day on the job, uh, from the eyewitness accounts, there were things that were completely out of the, um, let's just say, that would not have been in a safe flying envelope. For example, the report indicates that the banner pilots were supposed to fly between five and 700 feet off the ground. Eyewitnesses put the altitude at about 200 feet. And given the witness videos and the fact that it hit a building of a certain size, that's a realistic uh, estimation of how high the airplane was. And again, looking at the whole situation, you have to say to yourself, yes, this is an opportunity for this pilot. Yes, this is a a business that, you know, is quite popular around the country, especially there in South Florida. So certainly there's a demand for those services. But it seems to me that uh, the operators... We're on the legally a- a adhering to the rules when it comes to training and operation. But is this going to be enough to keep this operation safe for the pilots who are flying it and the people in the vicinity?
0: You know, they call in the report, they called the banner that he was showing medium size, and it was 30 feet tall and 90 feet long. Uh, I don't know that I agree with that being medium size. It seems pretty
1: large to me. And even if this were a lightweight banner, quote unquote, lightweight banner, the situation that this pilot faces 0. 0.6 hours of training with a banner. But the first operational fight was going to be about two hours long. Now, I don't know the detailed differences between the operating characteristics and the handling characteristics of this aircraft with and without the banner. But this was a on the job training sort of situation. He did not, the, the, the accident pilot did not have a realistic training flight that would take him through all the maneuvers and all the patterns and the amount of time in the air that he would get in an operational flight. He was getting it on day one. And we don't know exactly what transpired in the cockpit. There was no cockpit voice recorder. And from the investigation that was done by the NTSB, there didn't seem to be anything mechanically wrong with the aircraft. And the sound spectrum study that they were able to do of the engine noise based on a witness video didn't show anything indicating there was an engine failure. In my opinion, this was something where a lot of things were going on for this first time banner towing operation. And among other things, the altitude was uh, lower than the operator flying pilot expected. And he got himself into a situation where he couldn't get out of it.
0: Yeah, it's obvious that, that well, they, they, the NTSB claims that the, the on, onshore winds blew him off course towards the buildings, and the witnesses said he waited until well, what appears to be the last minute before he dumped the banner, probably afraid to get dumped the banner, uh, you know, being the first day on the job. He didn't want that to happen, so I think he may have waited a little too long to get rid of that drag behind him, even though the airplane may have had enough power to get through it, but the winds were pushing him enough towards the buildings that he couldn't control both. So, uh, you know, inexperienced, new to the banana towing business, not familiar with that airplane. it's probably the first flight he's had in that airplane. And you start adding up all those risks and you end up with an accident.
1: And, you know, the, clearly that, um, you know, getting experience in that kind of aircraft would have been useful. It's unclear to me how to get experience in an aircraft like that without flying an aircraft like that. First of all, this is a single-seat aircraft. Second, I'm uh, not aware of any simulations that are out there, either fixed base or full motion, that allows someone to simulate something like this. And I can bet also there's probably a very, very tiny market for that. So if there's someone out there who's aware of a computer desktop simulator or fixed space simulator or full uh, motion simulator that does this, please get in touch with us. But uh, this is the kind of thing where think about the range of aircraft that do this kind of towing work. It's not like there are manufacturers out there who are customizing aircraft for this one very narrow operation. This was an aircraft that was primarily built for agricultural uses. And the accident that we uh, analyzed before with the banner towing operation, it was uh, a general purpose training aircraft. But uh, given that uh, this industry is one that is fairly small, fairly focused, it's unclear to me if there's even enough of a corporate memory from people going to conferences and conventions and trading information that allows a new pilot To effectively learn from the lessons of others before he or she takes her first flight in a banner aircraft.
0: Yeah, it's you know there's nothing in the report that that indicates that the pilot had any problems medical or otherwise. No drugs were found. Uh, I mean, it really is a tragedy. If it was really just based on on lack of training from the banner towing operation. It, it killed a young pilot just trying to prepare for a career in aviation. It's really a tragedy.
1: And one of the other reasons that we're highlighting a, an event like this is that an event like this typically doesn't have a, a whole lot of attention given to it. Certainly in the case of this accident, there were some local news stories about this the day it happened. But beyond that, uh, when it comes to the industry looking at this from a perspective of what are the standards that should be out there or should be changed given the level of activity that's out there? The fact that you might not have a lot of people who dedicate their careers to this. This is something where, in my opinion, it's attractive for someone who's building time to do something else. And once they go on to something else, are they going to necessarily uh, spend a lot of their professional time uh, teaching those behind them who are doing the same kind of work? And again, it's not like... Um, This is something where there's a huge community of people doing this. If you're flying an A320 or a 737 for the airlines, there might be thousands of people in the country and around the world who are doing this. A wealth of information, official and unofficial, where you can learn about the ins and outs of doing that kind of flight operation. Flying an uh, aircraft in banner towing, uh, my bet is that there's not too much information out there for a new person to learn from others.
0: Yeah, I remember, again, at the NTSB, when Jim Hall had us looking at all that, there, was, there wasn't a lot of information out there. There was a lot of accidents, not all of which were fatal. There were, were a number of problems, but uh, there was absolutely very little information available. It was almost like it was uh, perishable. If you got it right away, uh, you could get a bunch of information, but if you didn't get there right away, it disappeared quickly.
1: This accident is an example of sources of information which are common. They weren't common 10 or 15 years ago. For example, we had an eyewitness video from the beach near where the crash occurred. And it's an assumption that if you go anywhere in the world, the average adult has at least uh, one device in their pocket that can record in real-time video, audio, what have you. So there's that. There's also the wealth of... uh, security cameras that are out there, either your ring camera for your doorbell or more sophisticated security cameras. And I believe one of the videos we're going to show in this episode is from a security camera. And this is uh, around the world. So if you're towing a banner in a populated area and something happens, the likelihood that you'll have some information is fairly high. Now this particular aircraft, I don't believe was uh, fitted with an ADSB uh, uh, broadcasting system. So there might not be anything on someplace like flight radar 24 or flight Uh, flight aware, where you can look at the flight path of it. But certainly, now that these things are common around the country, let's say you're a banner pilot, and you know of other banner aircraft that are flying this, maybe you can look up on Flight Radar 24 and say, well, how did this person fly this particular route? It's not an organized way of having information out there to learn from, but the opportunity to find the available information is there that wasn't there 10 years ago.
0: Yes, and I, I don't know if ag, uh, airplanes are required to have ads you know, so I, we should look at that as well, just so, just so we know, uh, because it is such a specialized area, and typically their flying is, is uh, you know, around the farm, and very low, well below 500 feet. The lower they are, the easier it is to spread that, the chemicals that they have. So it's it's uh, it's just a tragedy across the board for this young guy person.
1: You know, an idea that just popped in my head is that you know, in addition to formal reports such as what the NTSB does for this accident and the other one we talked about, there's also close calls where ag pilots might have submitted on their own something to the ASRS database of NASA, uh, where they said, hey, you know, I had to do this, which was a violation, but I had to in order to save the aircraft from crashing. Go to the ASRS database, do a search for keywords like banner, towing and whatnot, and see what pops up. And there might be some very useful nuggets of information or insights that you're not gonna see from an accident report because close calls and things that scared the living daylights out of a pilot are a whole lot more common than a plane crash.
0: Yes, Uh, great sources of information. And uh, we, we will do the same because I don't think this will be the last Banner towing accident that we'll have, be talking about. You know, we're moving into to the wintertime, and in the wintertime, Florida becomes the Banner towing capital of the U.S. And, you know, I've, I've sat down there away from the beach, on the balcony of a hotel, and, uh, and can easily see four or five airplanes, in my view, towing Venice so it's it's uh, quite common in the winter down there so let's pray that that, that as a result of this accident both operators and the and the faa has oversight of them the faa requires and the operators give meaningful training to these young kids that are coming in to fly these airplanes because today there's a million young pilots uh trying to get ahead looking for every job they can to build time You know, so they work for next to nothing, minimum wage at best, uh, just to build the time because they don't have the money to go fly an airplane on their own for the kind of time that they're looking for. And if you're towing banners, you can get five, seven hours a day towing banners. And that's, uh, you know, a way to build time pretty quickly, even though the, the flying isn't particularly challenging most of the time know, making circles in the sky. But, you know, that's not for us to say. What we want to say is that we want you to fly safely and we want you to pay attention to what's going on. And we want the people that are managing the operations to do the same.
1: Well, the thing that we do with every show is uh, I give a second to the last word and you give the last word. And this is one of those shows where. I said to myself, let me see how the show goes. And whatever idea pops in my head about the second to last word will be the second to last word. And an idea popped in my head 20 seconds ago. And here's my second to last word. If you are out there looking to advance your career, we're not saying avoid toing. What we are saying is whatever opportunity that's out there to build up time, look into it. This is a kind of opportunity where there's information out there that can give you insights into what was done in the past, what not to do in the future. And the key thing is to go out there and find it. Uh, Whether it's looking through the NTSB database to see past accidents reports, looking through the ASRS database to look for past close calls, or even talking to the people you'd be working for saying, hey, what are the scary things that I should avoid? What are the things that almost happened in the past I don't want to have happen to me?
0: Oh, true. true and i bet that question never gets asked because usually if you're that new in the job you're not going to you're not going to raise those kinds of issues you're just thankful to get the position and to be able to build time towards the future well the last word i'll do what i always do because we still have have plenty of accidents so if you're going to go flying do a good job of pre-planning your flight which night indicates that this individual in this accident did not consider the winds a lot that he was facing but all of us should consider what the weather is here there and in between and when you get out to the airplane do a good free flight just last week i had a very long discussion with a couple of, me- of mechanics uh, from down south and their experience is watching pilots doing free flights was even worse than mine and i didn't think that was possible uh but they they talk about guys coming right out of the airplane never even looking at the airplane just jumping in and going and just assuming everything's okay and uh, i mean that is a recipe for problems and after you get in the air given how many rookie pilots we have out there today i'm calling you know anybody that. probably got less than a than, uh, hundred hours a rookie uh please put your head on a swivel look around we are our brother's keeper Plus, we're our own keeper so you know, avoid a collision in the air and just too many of them happen every year or even on the ground I, I just heard of another one on the ground and we just had a commercial uh corporate airplane uh with a collision on takeoff so it's just, it's just too many of those happening. We And we'll uh, get to that corporate uh, event here soon as some, soon as some more material becomes available. Uh, please, please fly safely.
2: Thank you for checking out our show. We really value our listeners and subscribers. Our podcast gets ranked by you and how much you like it. So please give us five stars in your podcast platform. We want to keep in contact with you. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and of course,
1: YouTube. You can email the show at flightsafetydetectors at gmail.com. By the way, if you're on YouTube, we're really working on growing the channel, and it helps if you all send in comments. Please do that, and we read all the comments. And be sure to subscribe. Remember, if
2: you're in the market for aviation insurance, you can save 5% with a Vemco just by mentioning our show. Visit them at www.avemco.com. That's it for this episode of the Flight Safety Detective. Until the next episode, fly safe.